Hello everyone, welcome to Season 2, Episode 9 of the Icefair. My name is Joy. And I'm I. And oh, we're yeah. going to be talking about the worst fucking thing <laughs> in the world. Uh, Joy, you gave me some fun homework that we're going to be talking I about a, a bit later in this podcast. I got to watch Spy, to, Spy Family. Family. Yeah, I told you to watch Spy Family. Yeah. Um, um, and you had, you almost made yourself homework um, of the worst kind. Apparently, and it's funny because obviously nothing normally happens in the writing, publishing and editing world. There's never any drama. Not. There's never anything. But apparently it's all exploded this week. Um, hit me with it. We, I mean, so just for context, we started January with an author faking her own death and coming back from the dead. This is worse <laughs> I than forgot that. about that. <laughs> this is all the same Fuck. year. I thought <laughs> that you know the, the the book drama for this year has been intense. Yeah. Um this is uh I don't even know where to begin. I'm going to start by saying this at the start. This is in no way liable. It is not slander. It is not defamation. Everything I am going to be saying is found on Pollyanna Wright's social media. So if she takes issue with it, it's that I'm quoting her. Um, it's going to be so a good we- episode when we have to put that <laughs> disclaimer in at the start. Let's fucking go. So uh, Pollyanna Brown or Pollyanna Wrights on TikTok went viral for... Basically, the worst take I think I've seen this year from like the, the book talk side of things. It's a high bar. Um, she also uses the name P.K. Mancini, which is what some people know as from the Twitter thread. An absolute shout out to Foz Meadows on Twitter and also TikTok, who has done the most research I've seen. Like, I could not have done most of this without Foz's work. Um, but anyway, this uh, P.K. Mancini, or Pollyanna writes, is uh, her take was... If you send out ARC reviews, so if you're an author and you send out ARC reviews, ARC stands for Advanced Review Copy, and you typically send those out before your book comes out to try and get favourable reviews up on Amazon so that you're more likely to trend in the algorithm and get you know, organic clicks. Um, Pollyanna's kind of hot, hot take tip that she was giving people was that you should sue people or you should get them to write a contract saying they will post a review and they will be favorable and if they are not you will sue them for the cost of the book and damages done to your name and work that's not how this works at all and then when even right there were people on writer talk who were like what the fuck (laughs) and uh it caused a lot of people to go what the fuck across all social media she deleted it um and her next video wasn't an apology it wasn't a i misspoke it's literally a, I, n- I never said that, that, that never existed. Um, <laughs> which to me felt a little gaslighty because it was like, no, it doesn't exist. What are you talking about? What video are you talking about? Huh. And I was, I'm thinking to myself, like, maybe gaslighting is a little too strong. Like, it's, it's you know, it's whatever. It's a, and then I get more into her character and I'm like, no, she is gaslighting her audience because people will call her out on the stuff that she says and then she will turn around and go, I didn't say that, you'd imagining it. Yep. So that's where we're starting. That is this is where this drama starts and it gets worse from there. Cool. Um and it's it, it is a wild 
Like, I have notes. I have, like... Oh, fuck. <laughs> I, have, I had to take notes because I'm like, I can't follow this. Um, it's I literally have five pages of notes. Um, right, so the... the, the... So this is why. So this. So it's more the deep dive into her after going viral for a pretty shit take. Yeah, which is sue sue people. That would be fine. Because I think that that was the that was the post that I saw, and I was like, "Oh, Joy will be interested in this." And you were you were well and truly like in the fucking weeds (laughs) at that point. Uh, But like what I saw from the initial one was that she was basically saying because advanced review copies are sent out kind of free of charge you yes. can you can sue them for the cost of the book uh, to make them pay for it if they don't supply that review and then sue on the back of it if they were to not give that favorable review because you, you were kind enough to send damages yeah. yeah which is which is not how it works like no. i've i when i send out arcs or when i'm like i've done arcs and there's times when I've you know received them and I've missed the deadline and I feel terrible, but I always say I will come back and do the review. I will post to my platforms. But there's times when you just can't do it and that's fine. Mm. Arcs are not... It's nice if you respond to arcs, but it's not mandatory. Like I get sent arcs that I don't solicit for. People will send me arcs and I'm like, I don't have time for this. I'm really sorry, but I will... You know, If I have time and if the book's good, I will talk about it. Um, I'm wondering if, if it's not maybe, and I tend to just ignore that it's there so that I don't <laughs> accidentally. You know, I've done that a couple of times. People have sent me things; they've not been great. And if I say it's not great, it would harm their sales. So I make the decision to be like, to not. I'm not really going to talk so about this. That's actually um, one of the things I wanted to talk about in terms. And this is already first tangent. Apologies, but like from a like author etiquette, um, I have seen like I. I I lightly touch the border of author TikTok uh, occasionally, and there seems to be a little bit of <laughs> discourse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there there does seem to be a little bit of discourse around like, is it right for an author to review other authors' works in the in the professional reviewing sense, as in to really critique and analyze and kind of go to town on other people's works from a standpoint where you know they're a writer themselves um and like what is the etiquette around that is there a mainstream view or is there is it quite sporadic or it tends to be unless you're at so i've critically gone after authors who are usually being they're throwing their weight around and they're being bullies i don't tend to hold back with negative reviews of those people i will get into the nitty-gritty because those people tend to be bullying other people within the community and sorry when when you say bullying there is that like around the kind of the ecosystem of being an author as opposed to the writing or is it a bit of both it kind of both there are some people who are um so certain that they are the next big thing that they will feel confident talking shit to everybody just being mean to them um they will say things like oh i'm being bullied when what actually happened to them was somebody said yeah their book wasn't as good as the first one like their second book was you know and they'll take that as an attack you know there there are some people that are very you know not thick-skinned enough yeah. yeah so it's it, it's less yeah. about is so it's less about the writing. It's more about the reaction to people commenting on the writing, and that can sit. Yes. Uh, you know that can yeah. spark something. As it was like so in that case, like as 
Like, obviously, you read a lot of other people's books. Yeah. But, and obviously, you would want to see that positive word. And you said there that, you know, if you're sent an advanced review copy and you maybe you don't have something particularly nice to see, you do keep that to yourself. I'm guessing that's just a kind of an etiquette thing here. But you don't, yeah, it's courtesy. You don't, you don't really want to go to town on someone's book and really, like, you know, poo poo it or whatever. Just Especially the... when so I'm finding a book so I can show you really good examples of things I've been sent. Cool. Um, but, you know, it's kind of the etiquette. You don't, Especially if it's someone's debut, you don't rip into it and be like, this was shit, this should never have been published. Like, you don't do that. Like, mm. you often will say something like, it's a, it's a good first, you know, good first impression of this author. Uh, really excited to see what they do next. That's, yeah. that's the politest way. If, you, if you're if you not particularly fond of it, that's the politest way to get around it. Otherwise, you just don't comment on it. Um, otherwise, you can do what I do, which is I'm still hunting for this book. I apologize. The, um, these are Tumblr authors, which is why I'm trying to find them. So I have uh, Danny Bryn's latest vampire, which is Sell Your Blood. I still owe Danny. Danny, if you're watching, I'm so sorry. I still owe you um, accolades for this. But it is genuinely wonderful. It is a wonderful vampire novel. And I also have um, Emma Denny's um, One Night in the Heartswood. Mm. And that is fantastic. I love They've got that really too. nice covers. It, they do. I love these ones. Um, and they're both Tumblr authors who I fully endorse. I'm actually waiting for this one to come out in the US to do my full review. Danny, I'm just late, but I love this book so much. I'm just late giving it for it. But there are books that I have on the other side of here that I'm like, I am never going to speak of them because if I say anything detrimental, it could end this person's career. Yeah. And you I'm don't... not big enough that that could happen, but I'm big enough on the Tumblr author sphere that if I'm like, yeah, this book's shit, people aren't going to pick it up. I'm not going to do that to somebody. Yeah. You know, unless they're being a shit heel and they're inviting negative comments, in which case I might look into how they are handling themselves and be like, I have nothing to say about the work, but the way this person is behaving themselves is questionable. Yeah. No, yeah. that's fair. So yeah, is that is that kind of line between the work itself and then the behaviour of the author? Yeah. Um, yeah. And a lot of the time, the author acting like a dickhead can maybe invite a more critical look at their work uh, than yes. than yeah than not. Like when Felina, like when um, was it Felina? Felina Hopkins tried to copyright the word cock or trademark the word cocky, and it's like you yeah. can't do that. You can't trademark single words, and also like you, it, it was literally the most insane thing ever. Or like when you had Addison Kane trying to be like, oh, I invented Omegaverse fiction, therefore everyone else is copying me. When Omegaverse originated in fandom, I think, I can't even remember, it was, was it Destiel? I don't know. There was, was something before Supernatural that had Omegaverse, but she was trying to claim that she was the inventor of heterosexual Omegaverse, and I'm like, that's not a claim you really want to have. Um, and that led to people reading her work and ridiculing it because it was indicative of her attitude a lot of the time. I'm um, totally, totally going to try and copyright the word notting now, just for the fun of it. That'd be a good luck. Good luck. <laughs> good luck. Um, unleash the hordes on me. <laughs> You'll get sued by about four or five <laughs> just authors. Who, that is their bread and butter. But um, it's... Notting Hill yes, it was, yeah. Notting, yeah, Notting, Notting Hill. <laughs> but um, it's that kind of... 
there is etiquette to it you know if danny had sent me their book and i didn't enjoy it yeah i would have been like thank you so much for sending this to me and then i would not comment on it publicly i do however love it which means i will be ranting about it at some point because it's fantastic it's you know autistic vampires and chronic pain and all sorts of you know my exact bag of like what i like in my my romance um so it's you know there, there are ways of doing this but like writer talk is like the wild west to me i you know i deleted my tiktok a long time ago i had to make one for this video i had to make one for this deep dive i'm so we got joy on tiktok we got joy on tiktok we did it and i ended up in in writer talk and of course completely different it's very separate from how the industry actually works you have people like foz meadows and a couple of others who are knowledgeable who are published authors you know trad pub or indie and they are trying to be like hey this is not how this works and then you have a lot of people that are basically grifters um they're trying to tell you to do things this is how i do the thing and it, it you know to me it's like the bad advice that other people like there used to be some people on reddit who are very infamous for giving bad advice so that you would not be competition for them yeah um so you go and ask advice and they tell you the exact opposite of what you should be doing and it was basically so that they stayed at the top of the perch Mm. Um, sorry joy just briefly i just tried to look up the bibliosphere on tiktok i'm hoping that's what you are um all right well that's it's funny but uh, i actually returned videos of people who are reading out your tumblr posts yeah i've seen that so that's yeah you've made it they get paid to read my tumblr posts it's so much fun um so back to back to polly Polly writes, Polly Pocket, Polly Pollyanna writes, Pollyanna writes. So okay, but that's the name of PK Mancini. Okay, so there's there's a little bit of like, (laughs) see, I'm not sure. So is that is that just straight up bad advice, right? Obviously, the like telling, yeah, it's, it's terrible advice. Do you think it was meant in a very literal, as in like everyone should be doing this, or is it a you lot can do it because it'll make you sound demented uh, and I won't do it. Was, do you think it was a more lot... of a... Sorry, I just saw that I am a... According to Dragon Saint in the chat, I am a certified, highly quotable Tumblrina. Thank you the, so the, much. The, um, the, fu- the funniest thing about Tumblrina was that a Twitch Autobot caught Tumblrina as being potentially misogynistic. <laughs> <laughs> Um, her advice is not individual she gives it out as if she's speaking to writers in general as if it's genuinely good advice Um, and she does that a lot of the time like she'll she'll respond people will send her videos she'll respond to them but she speaks in universal terms and it's always terrible advice there's never there's been nothing that she said that has actually been good for publishing it's good for being a social media influencer and general grifter, but it's not good for actually getting into publishing, whether it's trad pub or indie. Yeah. And um, is she, is she Mark, is like, is she, I'm guessing she's an author herself, but I think from what I saw, of her, uh, what I saw of her TikTok, it's, she's very much like the, it's almost like the social media coordinator of like author talk where she gives advice for the industry. And you see this quite a lot in um, 
things on like Twitch, for example, there is thousands of videos on YouTube of how to become a streamer, right? And yeah. I, I think about 99.5% of them ha- are just utterly dog shit advice that's yeah. aimed to, you know, buy buy my overlay pack and you will start gaining viewers. How to go from zero to uh, like a thousand viewers in 30 days. And, you know, it's all this kind of shit. Um, and it's, we've talked about it before. There's been other writing drama going on. Mm. But I've been approached by these kind of social media influencer hubs before. And it's always, we will pay you X amount of money to promote and sell your skills and to basically do a teaching course on how to become a viral author yeah that which you know they look at what my sales are and they go well you must be doing some sort of grift i'm not i'm just good at what i do and i've had a a large tumblr following for 10 years i had a live live journal following before that i have spent 15 years becoming well known online as a writer for like you know either comedy pieces, shit posts, health advice, disability advocacy. I'm known, and that's why my work does well. It's yeah. not because I'm running a grift. Yeah. Um, and they want, they fully want, like, they're always trying to say, oh, we'll pay you money to do this, and, you know, you'll teach classes on how to do this. And I'm going, okay, but everything that I do, you can, you know, learn about for free. You know, there's like, there's, there's, I, I recommend it all the time. I've blanked on the name just now because I'm talking about it. But I have a post that I read, I read blogs every so often, and it's how to indie pub successfully. Mm. And I, I give you all the stuff for free because the information is available free. You should not be paying me two to three thousand dollars for me to give you information that is readily available. Like it's why, yeah, it's so predatory. Why would I do that? Oh, because you, you want to control the market you want to have income and make more money from the scam than actually promoting your work yeah and it comes from the it comes from the same place of like to be honest it it comes from the same place as like pickup artistry and here is how to get get women buy my course and you will be irresistible Uh, buy my course and you will get thousands of pounds uh, buy my course and you'll be successful at whatever. And to be honest, I think this links back to the AI conversation we were having before we started the podcast. Is that like it's very much a world where, oh, if you do this, like I mean, you know, I was, um, you know, I, I I see folk who the like they encourage like there's there's a there's definitely like TikTok videos in the UK that are all around investment property at the moment, and mm-hmm. it's like it's it's people who are landlords basically telling other landlords how to like maximize and extract as much money from their tenants as possible and how to do it legally and how to you know like there's a whole kind of cottage industry around like educating landlords and how to be even worse than they already are um and then you know the same goes for you know like ai artwork so it's like oh you get ai artwork and then you sell it on etsy if you ask chat gpt to design a calendar for you you can then just sell that calendar as a pdf on you know etsy or whatever it is that you you do it and that's that's how you'll earn money um Mm -hmm. and you know you'll occasionally see the youtube videos where it's like um they, they always show like a spreadsheet of the money that they've earned and is all they do is click on these spreadsheets throughout the video and it, you know it's a, it's a get rich quick 
thing. And that's what it is. And that's what this Pollyanna person is doing. This uh, Mancini. I'm going to call her Mancini because that's the name. Mancini. Okay. But um, and it's that very kind of follow these steps for success. Ah, oh, your way to the top. <laughs> Successful authors do this, and I'm like sitting there, like, no, we fucking don't. <laughs> That it, sounded like a robotic voice advice. there. <laughs> you you nailed you nailed the TikTok like uh, text to speech there. That was creepy. <laughs> Do you know how long I've been on TikTok this week? Do you have any idea how long I've been on TikTok and I've been on it for hours doing research for this? You're one of us um, now, Joy. <laughs> In the squalor. I know, but the thing is, so this Mancini, she purports to have 30 depends on which website you go to she purports to have 30 years of experience in create in creativity and writing and script writing she's fucking my age how does she have 30 years so go on brace yourselves brace yourselves for this her she quotes so she's like i've been an actor for you know 20 i've got 25 years of acting experience 30 years, depending on which social media site you're looking at. And you're going, great, what is what is she starred in? What was her first role? And it, her very first thing that she cites as her experience for being a content creator and creative actor was a beauty pageant she was entered into when she was six months old. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. Is it, oh, is that how we're categorizing experience now, is it? Fucking excellent. And it's, what? It is... <laughs> no, get fucked. Absolutely no. What the fuck? I was waiting for that reaction. Um, I've been, I've been, I've been, is... <laughs> I've been a construction worker since I was like, you know, a year old because I got a fucking like wee digger toy. Yeah, you played with Legos. Fuck you're off. A structural yeah, engineer. get fucked. Um, and it goes on like that, that she has all these years of experience. And it's so weird because a year ago, her TikTok, the Pollyanna writes TikTok, was presented as somebody who was new to writing, somebody who was new to getting published, who wanted <laughs> to get started getting published. Fast forward a year, I have 11 years of screenwriting and blah, 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 all, like all this experience. And for Aww. just $3,000, I can teach you how to do this too. For $3,000, I can edit your manuscript. And that, is, okay, that, is grift, that is grift fucking central, isn't it? She and, have a single, there's not a single piece of fiction work that she has published. Yeah. She has some stuff for Business Insider published, but it's marketing stuff. And she's talking as if it's like, oh, well, I have 10 years of doing nonfiction. Therefore, I can edit your fiction work. They have completely Fuck. different skill sets. Yeah. I mean, like, the, the one thing that I would say on that is that that is a super effective grift. I can see there'll be so many people who uh, jump on board when you're doing the, I'm getting into a hobby. Here, you can explore how you can get into yes. this as well. And then a fuck it, you know, like a year on, it suddenly, here's all my experience that I haven't told you about or didn't exist. Uh, and here's how you can get good. It's an, it, is, it gets more and more bonkers because she offers like, um, you know, like I said, it's $3,000 for a six-week course on how to become a successful author. For context of that, 
you can do Neil Gaiman's masterclass on fiction writing for $23 a month. Yeah, I get the feeling Neil that Gaiman, she's probably not got the same experience yeah. as Neil Gaiman. <laughs> she doesn't have anything published. She has a 600-word short story that's been published. That's her only fiction credentials. She claims to have been a ghostwriter, which admittedly is hard to prove, because often, like, I was a ghostwriter. You are made to sign NDAs, which means yeah, you, you can't reveal, reveal it, which you've written for. However... The advice she is giving and the examples of the types of stories she's edited and the you know she'll go through it and be like, here's an example of bad writing. Here's how I would fix it, and it's just as bad. And I'm like, <laughs> you don't have experience with this. I All wonder. This is redundant. Like, yeah. That that's interesting because I'm wondering if a I wonder if it's kind of like an offshoot from like Folding Ideas, who does quite a lot of stuff on like NFTs and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Did a kind of deep dive into these two guys called the Mikkelsen twins, who basically yes. invented the like they've they've basically they've worked out a grift that you can like pay a ghostwriter to churn out shit and then sell that as an ebook and you can kind of, you know, you know, publish a range of ebooks that you have written um and it's just it's scatterbrained shite um it's and the, the ghost the ghostwriting yeah. aspect of that is obviously taking advantage of people who obviously can't like you know they've they've got to churn out like you know three thousand words a day in order to meet yeah. some of the deadlines um and yeah and exactly as mothman seen in chat that grift doesn't work so the grift then becomes selling how to do the grift that no longer works so i think the Mikkelsen twins now sell the the course on how to then use that that grift that no longer works yeah it's uh, it, they're selling multi-level marketing they're just not using that language and that's exactly what Mancini's doing. It's multi-level marketing language. You know, it's very much the girl boss your way to the top of publishing. And there are some people that do that and they have very successful audiences within their niche. But she's presenting it as, this is universal advice for everyone in publishing. Yeah. These are the secrets people aren't telling you about publishing. And everyone that's worked in publishing for the last 30 years is going, what the fuck? Because mm. whatever she is saying is not accurate. Like, her editing... She will do cheap. So, if I say I was charging you five cents per word to edit a manuscript, you would think, you know, so five cents a word for like a thousand dollar manuscript is about 50, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Five cents doesn't sound like much. The industry standard is 0 0.013 cents per word. And sometimes. she's charging 0 0.5. She's not charging. She's sorry. She's charging. No, sorry. She's, she's charging five she's charging cents. A whole, she's charging a whole five cents. When oh, I fuck off! Day, when I worked <laughs> at the top of my career in mainstream publishing that I was in, I was in TradPub. I was earning zero point two five cents per word. So maybe you can explain to people me basically how that works. Then, so is that you're charging per word changed and edited, or are you charging for like? If I send you uh, an essay that's a thousand words and I want you to edit it at that at that fee, are you <laughs> am I basically paying five cents for every single word that I've sent you, or only the ones that you edit and change, or how does that work? Five. If the the way it's done, it would be the five cents for the full amount of the wordage because you have to read all of it to make sure it's good. 
And that's um, before you make any suggestions for changes, or is that, that like, is included? Usually, it, dep it depends on what you were doing. If it's a proof, if it's a grammar edit, that's normally the full thing. If I, if you were saying to me, "Hey, can you like make this sound better? Can you tell me where this is weak? Can you tell me where, if this needs to be developed further?" I would be charging you a different fee because that would be developmental editing. Um, which is also something she doesn't make it. She doesn't make any distinguishes between developmental, copy, final line, or proofing. All of it's just the same thing, which tells me she doesn't actually know what editing is. Um, yeah. And it's it's really bizarre to see her. And it's I think it was um, it worked out where she's like, oh, this three thousand dollars is heavily discounted. Like if you do my package for three thousand, it's a huge discount. But when you actually work out what her rates are, it comes to three thousand anyway. So she's lying anyway by telling you this is the it's a discount. Price. Yeah, it's, yeah. Fuck's sake. Um, okay, so she's got bizarre. that. So she's got that grift as well. So she's basically building up this kind of social media following on the back of saying that she's she's a newbie to the industry and is getting in. So I imagine a lot of other newbies are confident in following her and getting tips and advice. And you know, we're all in this struggle together. And then that gets flipped into a here's my experience and here's how you can be at my level. And I have the social media following, I imagine, yes. to prove she's that. to back it up. Yeah. She's, she got, doesn't have the experience, the, but has the clout. Yeah. She right. got the clout. She got popular because she was making relatable content about being a first-time creator. And then she flipped it into, I have 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. It, again, it is inconsistent, you know, inconsistent across all of her social media how much experience she has so what um, like what sort of degree does she hold what like does she have can she back up that experience tangibly or is it oh this is where the notes come in um oh, fuck she <laughs> to have a double masters in psychology and script writing she that is her claim but according to her profile on stage 38 which is another social media kind of freelancer type place. She was only at Grand Canyon University and Full Sales University, which are you kind of, I think the Full Sales one's kind of notorious for churning out degrees that you just pay for. Um, okay. Her entire time there is from 20, 2010 to 2013. So that's, you know, sure. the length of time most people take to get a bachelor's. She has gotten double masters in completely separate degrees which require you to have two different bachelors. Right. And she did that in four years because she's obviously a genius. Um, yeah. Okay. Hmm. It, it gets worse hmm. from there. Do you, want, do you want to know where else she went to university? I, do, are you ready for this? Please say, like, Liberty University or something like that. I'll be like, fuck yeah. Go on. Um, about ten years ago... She was a professor at Aphrodite University. Aphrodite? Where, Where's that? Place where, place where badass bitches become bosses. Fuck off, that is... <laughs> what? Fuck, nah, hold on. I posted about this earlier with cryptotheism because I was having a stroke. I legitimately, I could feel my blood pressure. I was not good. Polymop had to provide compression therapy. Um, it is a multi-level multi marketing university that focuses around the divine feminine. 
and you manifest your degree directly from the goddess Aphrodite herself. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm sorry. You've you've dragged me along on this journey, Joy. What the fuck does that mean? AphroditeUniversity.org. Uh, Wondering if they're your true twin flame or just fool's gold. What the fuck am I? Degree program? Moon rituals. That's They've got about programs, degrees, and moon rituals and a contact page. What in the goddamn fuck? The I em- went into this suspecting just a normal grifter that got into social media influencing. It is insane. It is genuinely, like, as someone who was in a New Age cult and got out, I'm looking at all of this and being like, there's not enough red flags. It is a red flag parade of all the stuff. And her websites all mimic this multi-level marketing girl boss speech. May I, um, may I read out their programs? Sure. Okay. If you want to do that, you can. I, I just feel like chat needs to be inflected with this shit if I have to read it as well. So you have the BA program, the year-long Bachelorette in Amor is designed to help smart spiritual women align and heal their divine feminine and masculine energies, step into self-love and manifest a lasting twin flame union. Whatever that means. You've then got the MA program. The two-year-long Mistress in a More degree is also known as our Love Leadership Certification Program. Our MA graduates become certified life love coaches and twin flame alchemists who help clients balance their feminine and masculine energies find lasting love and accomplish their goals you've got the mba program (laughs) our year-long business degree mistress in blissness amour helps love coaches build their six or seven figure sole purpose based business from their bliss And they also have a PhD program. Our two to four year doctorate in divine feminine healing arts helps women claim their authority as master spiritual teachers and authors who birth their own unique certification programs. Divine feminine universities and or mystery schools. This is a multi-level marketing cult jesus yeah. start a twin flame activation session oh my god so here so i there are some people who don't realize that, that twin flame is a red flag a what, lot of the time what, what the fuck is. is that so some people think it just means soulmate it doesn't soulmate is someone who is a, a completely separate soul who you were drawn to that is your soulmate a twin flame is a part of your soul that split off and became another person and you are drawn to each other no matter what and it can be toxic or it can be wonderful so you have abusers who are like oh we're not soulmates we're twin flames that's why we can't get away from each other um and it's used in a lot of kind of like it's used a lot in um i see it in polyamory circles and i hate it because it it does come from cult stuff it's very much used by people that don't want you to escape. Like, um, you know, oh, you're literally the other half of me. 
it, you're literally part of me. You can't leave me because you're literally part of me. So whenever someone says twin flame, I flinch because even if they don't mean it that way, that is the origin of it. And it is often used by people to be like, oh, that's why I'm drawn to this person. When actually it's just that you have poor impulse control and you need to get away from them. Um, it's it's a very toxic thing that I do not like. There's no shade to anyone in the chat or on the podcast listening who does believe in manifestation or twin flames. But the origin of it, as, you know, as someone who escaped a new age cult, um, it does make me very uncomfortable when people use it. So that's my personal issue with it. Um, the, the, the the freak is that so like naturally I couldn't help myself so I've I've went and I'm gonna like I'm I'm on the the book a call um become yes. a become a twin flame person and the amount of personal information they capture in a single form I am not yep. gonna do this by the way because I'm not insane um but it is genuinely quite creepy. So you obviously you get all your kind of general details, your contact information. They ask for your occupation slash employment. Um, they ask for your birthday. They ask which are you most urgently interested in, finding your twin flame life partner, growing your soul aligned business, or becoming a certified love coach or twin alchemist. On a scale of 1 to 10, how committed are you to calling in your twin flame beloved? Calling in? Is that a term? Yeah. On on a scale of one to ten, how committed are you to calling in your twin flame beloved in the next twelve months? Uh, so, yeah, one is not committed at all, and ten is I'm a hundred percent committed. Yeah. Tell tell me briefly about your dating love life history. Briefly describe the ways you're working on attracting your twin flame right now. What's your desired relationship outcome? Being 100% honest, what do you think is stopping you? The more specific you're here, the faster we'll get you clarity during our call. If you found a perfect fit mentorship program that you truly felt would attract your twin flame, is there anything that would stop you from signing up today? If finances are the issue, what is your monthly mentorship budget? The first range is 0 to $250 a month. Uh, and I am going to point out as Tundra has asked we need a disclaimer that people who join cults aren't insane no they're not they're often very vulnerable oh yeah um, and it's that kind of it looks insane to us because you look at it and go why would you ever be part of that as someone who was, was just... part of it from a very young age it was because I you know people in my life were vulnerable they were looking for answers people were willing to give it to them and they did it in a way that spoke to them yeah. that's how that happens I've think where i was coming with that is like the, the sheer amount of personal information they ask for before an initial meeting is a giant red flag that is that is but also if yeah. you're a spiritual guru how come you can't figure that out from talking to me if but that our... was always a thing yeah that was always a thing with like um the, the psychic people that we used to hang about with when i was a kid it was literally oh give us all this information and i'm like well surely if you're psychic you know yeah are you willing to use a credit card, PayPal credit, or loan if you feel that's what you need? That's one of the questions they ask on this form. Are you willing to go into debt for this? Yeah, and holy shit, you will be going into debt for this. Yeah. So, yeah, yep. credit. will you max out a credit card for this? You know, because obviously, if you're buying into this, they will be able to see that they are they have supplied the service 
even if you are not lucky in finding your twin flame or whatever the hell they call it. Like it's also we, something we, else that we Pollyanna gave, talks about. Yeah. We we gave you the toolkit, therefore it's it's only what you make it yourself. Um yeah. this is horrifying. Um Jesus Christ. So so this is the model from which Mancini bases how to publish. This is her understanding of how the world works. Um she uses the language on her own website, she uses it when she's speaking. Uh, she offers to get your novel traditionally published. She will write it for you. She will get it traditionally published for twenty thousand um, dollars. She will do all the grunt work. She will inter- she will she will query your stuff for you. You don't have to write it. Um, and it it's but there's no guarantee it will be a success. So you're investing twenty thousand into her skill as a writer, which by the way is questionable. Again, yeah. like there, there was examples on the t- on. Um, Foz Meadows TikTok of the the kind of writing style that she was showing, to me it was very high school. It was not somebody that's been in the industry for a long time. It's not someone that has any editing experience. Um, The stuff that she was offering, if she was offering to write a book, to get it published by Tradpub, Tradpub was 20,000. She'd go and query for you. She'd do all your like, kind of like your agents and stuff. Um, And if it didn't get picked up, well, too bad. The story just wasn't good enough based on the premise you submitted to her. Um, oh, and the, th- the thing is, agents hate this because agents are like, they don't deal with ghostwriters. Ghostwriters are typically involved with publishers and editors when a successful book series, the author is not interested anymore. So you have yeah. like, um, big name, generic big name author doesn't want to do their series anymore, but it's a cash cow. So the publisher doesn't want to give up. You find ghostwriters who can mimic that style to a certain degree, mm-hmm. and they will continue the series under that author's name. Yeah, I guarantee yeah. you. When I, you know, it might have changed now. I did not earn twenty thousand per book that I ghost wrote. Absolutely not. No. But the ghostwriter does not query the book for you. Just, if, she, if she's doing that, if she's putting all that work in, she should be publishing her own work. So why doesn't she have any published work? Yeah. If she can write a novel and query it, why is she not published? Why is she doing this for other people? And or this is kind of where these things start to unravel because, like, you're you're introducing a lot of kind of almost like back of house what authors need to know in order to try and get their books published. Which to your average layperson, me, uh, you know, I I don't know much about the like the the business aspect of getting a book published. And I imagine that vagueness and lack of kind of common knowledge is probably where she makes her her money because she can she can talk about these kind of terms and you know she knows enough about the industry to kind of talk about them and present to present it in a way that she's she's the go to person for this when the reality she is she doesn't have any backing. Um, she the, the stuff that she talks about it makes it clear to anyone who's been publishing adjacent mm. makes it aware that she doesn't actually know what she's talking about like so we're going to sue reviewers for not posting on time what? Yeah, we're going to sue them if it gives us a bad reputation no, we're, I, how? And, and, how are you going to enforce that? well not just that but also like how is that a good look for any author? Like, 
that would yeah. be like even even if it was a completely legitimate way of like let's say someone didn't honor the con like a contract and you did go for them like randomly suing people who don't write nice things about your book is like ridiculous behavior like it, it just it wouldn't work i mean it's a way to immediately get all of your future books not reviewed by anyone because no one will go no one will put their hand up and be like i'll do it <laughs> exactly uh, yeah. and the thing is she's like oh i'm giving you information that's not out there that's a lie yeah i and i post about this all the time there's a, a book by david gochran i think is his last name uh -huh. called let's get digital and it's entirely free and he updates it whenever the industry changes because he that, he wants to you know people Share to that. learn how to do these yeah. things. Um, I'll put it in the chat actually. But um, all this information is he gives it for free. He updates it regularly. That's how he makes his money, and he mm. does it by giving good advice. Yeah. A lot of us in the industry give the advice for free because we want to build community. Yeah. And it's it's such a I'm giving you the inside scoop. Fuck off! Like yeah. legitimately, I'm charging have, you three grand for it. <laughs> yeah, and it's whenever these people come to me, they're from the, these social media influencer hubs. They're like, we want you to present this as exclusive information. That's why I made yeah. the post that I did, where I was like, fuck you. Here's everything you need to publish a book indie style. Yeah, that, and I, I did it with links. I did it with resources, and I'm like, I'm not going to gatekeep information that's out there. But it can just be daunting to Google because there's so many conflicting things. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot. Like I, I feel like because we live in a very digital world, you know, publishing is obviously not immune to any of that at all. But uh, as I was saying earlier, you know, the amount of YouTube videos on like on like how to be a good streamer and things like that, like that comes up all the fucking time, and a lot of them. The the like the kind of they're like professional neg neggers. The yes. the they really are good at like properly taking someone down uh, oh you like this is the reason why you're getting no views on Twitch. This is you know, you're not doing this, is your audio is shit, you're you know and they, they put these as like kind of punk punchy thumbnails. Um, you know, oh, your your content isn't fun, and so people are kind of drawn. It's like, you know, what does make your content fun? Having a cool overlay. Why don't you go and buy my premium pack? It's only yeah. thirty dollars, and you know, get get people who are like, you know, just getting into streaming. Maybe they're like sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, and they are wanting to try and put their first kind of thing out there. Um, you know they've, they've only just started streaming and you know they're being told to buy all of this shit that they don't need um i i hate like i obviously i started streaming when i was just sitting in front of an xbox and i didn't even have a camera for like a good part and it, like it was really just about streaming i feel like if i was to try and start streaming now there's so much conflicting information out there to actually get on board and do it that it's easy that some people kind of attach themselves to these grifters who portray themselves as experts, but really they're just flogging you stuff the entire time. Mm -hmm. So what's the, like, what's, what's came out of this? Is it, is it really just everyone's been doing a deep dive about, um, I, I keep on forgetting her name. It's, I keep on saying Polly Pocket. It, it's not Polly Pocket. It's <laughs> Pollyanna writes on TikTok. Pollyanna writes. PK Mancini. 
peaking um, on scene. Okay. Yeah, and it's just it's garbage. But the, you know, there's people just doing deep dives on why her information is so terrible and why it's yeah. so predatory. And the thing is, she's getting community around it because she has the the younger demographic of writer talk going. Oh, this mm. person's popular. They must know what they're doing. Yeah. And it's like no. Like that's, yeah. you know, you can have someone that's popular and they're just talking shit the whole time, which is unfortunately what she's doing with her platform. Um, 2023, Joy Demora yeah. takes TikTok. You're going to have to be one of these no. people now. You'll be a guiding light for for the youth. <laughs> I am staying on Tumblr where I, yeah, I just... Where the cool people are. Yeah. If someone wants to read out my publishing post on TikTok, have at it. Do your thing. <laughs> um, just, I'm not interested in that world because, I mean, I probably will do something with it at some point, but I'm not interested in being a social media influencer. I am an author. Yeah. The only thing I am trying to sell you are my books and maybe, you know, merchandise at some point. I have a Patreon to support me because it lets me write more. Um, I'm actually getting into posting on Patreon again, hopefully this year, and doing some other stuff. I offer, you know, my, my access to my Discord where I do body doubling sessions, but, which are useful for people with ADHD and other neurodivergences. But I don't turn around and say, "Oh, that's three thousand um, dollars for a session for these things." And <laughs> you get the you get the premium yeah. package for three thousand dollars. <laughs> and the thing is, if I if someone asks me a question about publishing, I will answer them for free, and I will do it honestly, and I yeah. will also be honest and say. I don't know. You should ask so and so. Because yeah. like, like she talks about screenwriting and novel writing as if it's the same thing. I have no idea how to write a screen novel, like I, a screenplay. That I, it's not a skill set I have. Mm. Uh, you know, and, but she frames it as the only way your work's going to get turned into a best-selling movie is if you do the screenplay yourself. That's not how this works. That's how none no. of the industry works. Is that just even the way she talks about editing? she does not know the difference between the types of edits and it's abundantly clear and it's so galling that she's getting people to pay her three thousand dollars for subpar work like there's there's no way that i would ever there have been times when i have worked on something and the final bill has been three thousand dollars because of the amount of time I've put into it and the, the level of editing. It's usually been developmental. I've usually handheld the person for about two years at that point. Mm. I'm never going to turn around and say, yeah, it's $3,000 for a six-week crash course on how to be like me, because there's no way anyone can replicate what I do. Yeah. And marketing companies can't do it either. That's why they're trying to get me to become a shill for them. You know, the, the yeah. whole, oh, teach us how to become marketable on Tumblr fuck off there's no way to teach that you just have to be <laughs> yeah there's there. yeah like and i didn't i didn't set out to do that it just happened and it's just a part of you know having fun stories that people relate to and then i'm told people stuck around because they like me and that's very lovely and they like yeah. what i do and they like what i write and that's how i do it but i don't treat my audience as something that i can take for all their worth in terms of money like I am notorious for underpricing all my novels because I'm like, I want to make this affordable. I'm at one point I was earning negative money because I felt so bad about increasing the prices of my paperbacks. I would not survive ten minutes on writer talk and some of the scams these people are pulling because it's just not in me. Yeah. And it galls me so hard when there's these people that are just taking advantage of young, vulnerable people who just desperately want success. They want to, to you know to have something to show for their hard work and unfortunately yeah. they're throwing away money on someone who's just there to take their money 
and they don't actually have the credentials or qualifications to help them. It's yeah. really sad. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing her, like, I'm, I'm guessing, unfortunately, her, her grift is continuing. But I suppose, a, like, and this is the thing, if, if a grift, they're a bit like Icarus. If they fly a little bit too close to the sun, they end up getting, like, kind of a little bit more awareness than they probably want. Uh, you know, yeah. they, they want to get viral within their kind of wee community to capture more people in, uh, but there'll be a lot of people who go, this is utter dog shit now, and I imagine the grift will now be challenged a bit more vocally. You said that you were doing a bit of research into it, and, like, a lot of people yeah. are making content about how wrong she is. Um, yeah, and it, it, it's that's not going to go away now. For a long time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she's basically going to be known as a grifter now within Writer Talk. Yeah. And it, because of this, it's brought to light all of our other stuff. Yeah. And it's like, wow, you went to the University of Aphrodite to become a priestess of Aphrodite, a high priestess uh, professor of Aphrodite. And sorry, just to be crystal it, clear here, you manifest your degree to from Aphrodite herself is the premise yes, of this. but you still pay the university $5,000 for it. Uh, uh... See, this, like, I mean, these kind of weird universities, they probably do exist in the UK, but I imagine it's a bit more regulated here. But, like, the fact Slightly that, more. like, yeah. you know, you receive an MBA or a doctorate from this, you know, I mean, like, what what the fuck? If you get a PhD from the University of Aphrodite, you know, do you legally get to change your title to PhD? Like, that's... What... I hate it here. It's honestly, it honestly mind-breaking. It's very disheartening that the you know, the, and then these people use it as a mate, a way to basically just be like, "Oh, I have these qualifications. That's why I have my own small business." And it's like, as someone who yeah. also has their own small business, this is a scam. The way yeah. they are doing it is a scam. They are not registered properly. They don't have the proper certifications. Um, I mean, like my my certificate, my qualifications for publishing are probably outdated by now, but I know enough to get by. Like I was qualified by Publishing Scotland, which is an official publishing body. Yeah. Um, and you can trace that. I have the credentials. I have my university credentials. I have the history, <laughs> and I still don't have the gall to be like, yeah, I will read your novel for three thousand dollars and tell you if it's shit or not. Like a manuscript, a cop, a manuscript assessment from me is about 25 to 50 dollars depending on the length yeah and that's so i can decide that's so i can let you know hey this is this is just fine you just need final line or hey you need some copy or hey you need developmental that's why we do that so that we can assess what level of work you have and what you can afford there's some people that need developmental that can only afford copy therefore you only do copy for them that's the way it works but yeah. in publishing, like if you were going through indie, you know, to try pub instead of indie, you, you, that would be done for you. And a lot of the stuff that she, she is suggesting fixes for are things that your editors in trad pub would fix anyway. Like I'm not saying you shouldn't get your work as best as it can be. I'm just saying don't get it from her because the examples that she gives of her writing ability is terrible. It is high school levels of don't say said, don't, you know, you know, it's very much limited. It's very much, you know, kind of juvenile. Here's how I write, and you should write the way I do because I know what I'm doing. It's like, that's not how writing works. Everyone has their own individual style. Everyone has their own voice. 
yes, there are grammatical rules and errors that you know that you have to look at, but you you know there's no there's no universal advice that will work for this is a surefire way to become a bestseller because fucking publishing houses can't do that. Yeah, they can't. You know, we've talked about it before. After they get people on the New York Times list, which they often pay for, they're lucky if those authors sell a couple of hundred books a year. You know, it's it's like absolutely bonkers that she thinks that she knows better than actual publishing houses and indie writers who we have our own business. We do our own things and everything she says contradicts what we do. And she puts things behind paywalls that are readily available for free. And I hate that so much. Hate it. Sorry, I'm just quickly checking something. Sorry, I, I was listening to all of that. At the same time, I was staring in horror at the fucking Aphrodite University thing once again. Um, I'm Because I'm, I'm, I'm curious about that. There is, there's, so the woman in charge of Aphrodite University is Dr. Amanda Noel, who, yes. in her biography, isn't a doctor. Like, she's, she's doctor, like DR. She's not like doctor as in PhD. She's mm-hmm. doctor. And she's, yeah, doctor of transpersonal counseling, apparently. And, but received a, a BA in sexuality studies from Duke University, which, oh, Duke is a relatively prestigious university. Okay, right, that's fair. Um, but yeah, <laughs> produces the people that go and invent dog shit universities. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, nah, I hate it. Yeah, it, it's very, yeah. The, ha- the idea that you can manifest your degree from the <laughs> goddess herself to follow your bliss and divine feminine energy. How is it not evidently a scam? How is it not multi-level marketing? Because that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Because you're not learning how to sell your books. You're learning how to sell other people on the scam of how to, you know, I will teach you how to become a successful author, but first I'm going to teach you how to sell other people onto this. That's what that is. Yeah. Sorry, I'm. I need to. I need to rip myself away from this fucking site. Um, <laughs> they have. They have a YouTube video called Twin Flame Trauma Bonds. Yeah, it's great. It's not super predatory at all, or anything uh, to do with my childhood trauma. Don't watch it for the love of God. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I, I need to. Okay, I'm closing the tabs. I'm closing the tabs. I'm closing the tabs. That was. Yeah, I did <laughs> erase it from my history. Yes. <laughs> I was like, my targeted advertising is going to be so fucked for months now. Just you wait. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. Are we? Are we? Are we done with this? Com- I think I, we're done. That this like, is that is the drama for now. Until next time, at least. Yeah. Because <laughs> there will be what more. Happens because she's still posting. She's still coming away with hot takes and being like, "I never said that. You imagined it." So it's very yeah. much there will be more from this person, undoubtedly. Um, if anyone is interested. Um, Foz Meadows on Twitter and TikTok is doing the deepest dives that I've seen so far. Um, they are very good at what they do. I've followed Foz for a while. Um, yeah. And it's just very kind of eye-opening. Because I, again, I avoid TikTok and having to see all this. I'm like, wow, there is a whole bunch of people that have no idea that this is not how publishing works. Just you wait until you get on to like food talk. Like where people no. are like cooking like good shit, um, 
I, I, I can, I can scroll for a while. And yes, we've got, we've got Grey Tree in chat, who's a TikTok advocate, um, very much a, a TikToker. Um, it's not good for my ADHD because I will sit and scroll for hours, and it's not good. So I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. probably going to put it on my iPad and not my phone because I don't really use the iPad that much. I use it when I'm editing mostly. Um, so yeah, yeah. Just, that, Great. that's what's happening. S- sorry. Gray, you're gonna need to rewatch like the whole first half of this podcast. We have just been going deep dive into book talk drama, like we've been talking about everything, and it's yeah, it's it's, it's fucked. Um, however, I so that yeah, you have driven yourself into a bit of a hole this week, Joy, researching all of that. Um, I, however, got the fun homework. Um. You and, did, and in fairness, it's about I think Joy, you were saying before, <laughs> I got I got the fun people pretending to be who they're not. <laughs> you got you got the the, I got the the real people pretending to be who they're not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I got to watch. Uh, I got to watch Spy. Is it Spy X Family or is it Spy Family? I usually just call it Spy Family because yeah. Spy Family trips me up. That's um, that's fair. But it's yeah, it's kind of the. We're talking spy family. Yeah, that's yeah. the next one. They're not so much grifters, but they are pretending to be other people, and it's really just fun. <laughs> so that, that's I, what we're talking about now. We're saving my sanity with spy family. Yeah. So I'm. I I knew nothing about this going in. I was uh, I was told to to watch it. Very much encouraged, and uh, I don't watch a lot of anime normally. Uh, it's not really my go-to. Um, but I really like Spy Family. I think it's really well done. Uh, it's it's just so interesting, um, and it's it's very very funny. Like there's there's something to be said about the comedic timing of anime in particular. I don't know if it's from like a like the ability of like the frame by frame change in how characters are drawn and their facial expressions and stuff like that. Yeah. But the wee lassie can come out with some fucking funny lines. Uh, Anya. Anya is probably one of my favourites. She's just so expressive. She, and just, But she's so little. Like She's a really well done kid. Yeah. She's like she's six really or something, well isn't kid. she? She's, she's four? Is she? She's actually four, but she pretends to be six so she can get into school. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. it's... It, it is anyway, it's wonderful. Those, so, of you who, those of you who aren't aware what it is, shall I read the synopsis? Yes, go for it. So people can get for it. Okay, so Twilight, who is a secret agent, is assigned possibly his hardest mission yet, Operation Strix. As part of his mission, he needs to marry and have a child in order to get close to his target, Donovan Desmond. He ends up adopting Anya, a telepath, and marrying Yor, an assassin. However, all of them are hiding their identities from each other. To complete the mission, Twilight needs to get Anya enrolled into a prestigious Eden Academy so that she can get close to the target's son, Damien Desmond. To do that, Anya will need to become an Imperial Scholar by earning eight stellar stars. But the real challenge for Twilight, though, is is making sure that she doesn't get Toronto's bolts and gets expelled. So it's found family meets fake family meets fake dating meets fake parent oh, dynamic it's, it's just all of my favorite things yeah it's, it's such um, a good premise to to set it um and i do like how the world doesn't take itself 
too seriously. And yeah, I think <laughs> Mothman makes a really good point. Um, it's not set in Germany, but the city that they're in is called Berlin. Uh, yes. Berlin with a T. And I think that, like, to obviously there's a there's a dark element of this. Uh, they're like the the world setting is like the the show itself isn't that serious at all. Um, they always kind of save the day, and they're like you know everything tends to be fine for the most part. But it's like set in. I, I want to say it's almost like the forties. You've very much got like. Yeah, you've got modern like technology. It's, it's, it's like if the Cold War was happening in Paris and Berlin. Yeah. You're in the age of spies. You're in the age of, like... Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a fun one. It's a really kind of, like, interesting kind of... But you've, you've got... European yeah. 1940s, 1950s look. But you, you've got, you've got like, the secret police who are obviously doing, like, awful things. You've got, like, all these kind of societal issues that are, like, kind of hinted at slightly uh, but then you've got this like really fucking funny story overlaid on the top of it um, like I, I love that he was just able to wander into an orphanage and just pick a child yeah. <laughs> and, like the, the, the person who was, ran the orphanage just wasn't interested in any paperwork or any proof or anything it was just like do you want a kid uh, and Anya um, who is a telepath and can just read the mind of uh, both Twilight and uh, Yor, uh, who comes in a little bit later, because in the first episode you're introduced to Twilight and you get that relationship with Anya going, and he, mm-hmm. he, you know, he pretends to be a widower, uh, and he's he's raising this child by himself that he's adopted, and like that that's quite endearing because she's she's delighted to have a family uh, and didn't you know didn't enjoy being in the orphanage, and then Yor comes in who's a professional assassin uh but is ab like is absolutely not a family person and really struggles to fit the the role the social so, norms yeah she's really <laughs> outside of like that kind of like i i always think of her as like um a little bit autistic sometimes because she misses so many social cues and she's very much yeah. kind of like oblivious to certain things like some people will say things to her and she takes them so literally yeah panics you know and you're just like yeah that that that's a neurodivergent feel for me that's very much a kind of like is this person joking or are they serious yeah like she's uh she's she's she also she hides her assassination job behind a government service job so she's pretending to be like a civil servant and she's surrounded by all these catty women who are all married and they're all like oh well you're not married so there must be something wrong with you yeah and, it's like um, you're coming yeah you're coming up for 30 you're gonna be like a left behind girl and, yeah um and then she <laughs> she arrives at this party and uh, it's the first time that twilight and her have kind of agreed that they're gonna be a couple and twilight kind of bursts in and being like oh yeah my wife <laughs> and she's like she's shocked um but like so they agreed to be. She agreed. They agreed that he. She would pretend to be his wife so that he could get Anya into the school. Yeah. And then she agreed that for her party he'd be the boyfriend, and he gets the storylines mixed up because he's concussed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's about them kind of like feeling their feeling their way. I think the what makes the dynamic so fun is that um, Anya, as the little child telepath 
knows exactly that Twilight is a spy and also knows that her mum's an assassin and knows mm-hmm. that the two of them don't know, but she also doesn't <laughs> want to reveal she's a telepath. So, like, you know, she'll be standing outside the room and, uh, you know, you're the mum will be like, oh, don't go in there. And like, and, like, I think that's one thing the narrative does really well is it's constantly um, communicating their thoughts at the same time. It's not just everything yes. that was it's said. It's like you're constantly hearing their kind of internal monologue, which obviously Anya can hear, um, mm-hmm. and and that's that's what makes it pretty fun. So you but, you'll hear like Lloyd having a master plan in his head. He's all serious. He's like, "Yes, I will do whatever it takes for the mission. I will blah blah blah." And then you cut to Anya just staring up at him, and she's like, "Papa's a liar." <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Okay. It's for a good reason. Like, but you, he's you, a really you, good liar. <laughs> Yeah, but it's a really good way of getting that exposition in and using Anya as the tool for that exposition. Yeah. So it doesn't feel like you're just getting info dumped on. Um, yeah, so D- Dragon scene and Chad scene, like Anya has a sideline and subtly sucking her parents on bad people. And that that does come into it quite a bit, I'd say. Like there's quite a, there's quite a lot of Anya wanting to help Twilight in his mission. And kind of doing so indirectly. Um, there's there's quite a good scene early on where uh, they see a like a bag snatcher rob an old woman, mm-hmm. and uh, I think Anya points at like a food store where like the guy's disappeared into a crowd, and as a telepath she like isolates his thoughts and like is able to detect where he is in the crowd. So points Twilight in the direction, and he he kind of does this leaping dive and tackles him. Uh, and so she she kind of learns that she can operate in that way, and it's it's good fun. Um, that she's very she's a very but she's also a very realistic child. She's yeah. very manipulative with her powers, but that's but she's been kind of implied that that's what she's been trained for. But then yeah. she's also just straight up a four year old. Like there is no time when I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, that's a four year old, because yeah. it's not that kind of like. I think with some with some animes, there's that tendency to make the children like superhuman and like super grown up when they've gone through what she yeah. goes through, and they've kept her very innocent. They've kept her very young, um, and it's that kind of like you have Lloyd parenting his inner child through her. Yeah. Also get Lloyd's backstory because he was a an orphan of the war. He never got to be a child. He got recruited into the spy agency from like very yeah. child. And you get to see him kind of parenting his inner child through her, and it's lovely. Yeah, it's genuinely so nice to see. There's, and I love, like, I, I think this is the kind of brilliance, I suppose, of how anime works. Is like there's so there's so many scenes where, like, and there's so many episodes where they can just like have a bit of fun with the setting. Like, there's one where they go to an aquarium, and it's this penguin park, and like one of the like one of the penguins has had like codes stashed in his mouth and Anya is able to like read the penguin's mind <laughs> having a sore throat and points out to to Lloyd. But they're also trying to maintain the premise of them being a family the entire time. So they have like neighbours who are like Oh, he's out. He's out the house. He always go. He always comes home late. Maybe he's cheating, and like, or when she's coming out after assassinating someone, um, you know, oh, there's there's something not quite right about this family, and how they they then try and like overcompensate by doing like these kind of grand family things that always ends up going totally fucking haywire, um, and like I think I love how like 
again, I kind of want to say it's an anime thing, but it's like they they don't take any of the characters seriously. One of my favorite ones is like the guy, the one of the teachers at the school, one of the headmasters or like kind of the upper echelons of the school. Like his whole thing is he rewards elegance, and his yes. whole thing is just like that was a very elegant thing to do. It, it, it's just how that feeds into like the plot is just fucking fun it's really hard to talk about without having like all of the examples but it's some of the stuff that comes away I'm, i've i've been sitting pissing myself laughing at some of the lines <laughs> and it's like honestly it, it it gets like a really good laugh so i would really recommend it if anyone's uh interested yeah. in that is so. for anyone not aware it is mothman's favorite thing that's why he's in chat vibrating <laughs> wanting everyone to, to his entire tumblr is either reblogging my posts of holly mop or spy family because yeah. <laughs> it's like his first like fandom fandom thing that he's just like yes like oh, he wants them to get together and all sorts of stuff they're so good one of the one of the episodes that i've been watching recently is that um so Yor, who is the assassin, is started to arrive later and later uh, after work every day. But it turns out that she's like she's constantly the bad cook in the family. Like <laughs> Anya and straight, uh, up, straight uh, up poisons people like <laughs> constantly. Um, and uh, I think Anya says that she didn't that she didn't like um, she she didn't like yours cooking. And she gets like she she really internalizes it and is like super worried that Lloyd is gonna like fake divorce her um because she's not a good cook, so goes to cooking classes and convinces one of the catty women uh, to to try and teach her how to cook. And there's episodes of like her basically poisoning <laughs> poisoning them over and over again. Um We haven't talked about yours brother, yep. which is like and it, it's weird because like is it's quite a cutesy and innocent like series in general, right? But it's got this like quite steep adult angle to it. I would say at times uh, that I imagine if you're watching it as a kid, it's co- probably quite funny and endearing. But it's really quite creepy when you're watching <laughs> watching it as an adult because yours brother is like. Is is a member of the secret police and is hunt mm-hmm. is actively hunting Twilight, um, and he he comes over and doesn't quite get the fake family family thing, but absolutely hates Twilight, who goes under the name Lloyd Forger. They're they're, they're the Forgers. The whole family are the Forgers, um, and yeah, I, Joy, maybe you can comment a wee bit on your He's, brother. He's Yuri, I think. Is Yuri is Yuri is very. He's ridiculous, but he's also kind of a little bit insidious. He has this very kind of close relationship with Yor because Yor raised him. Yeah. So he's got this very protective, no one can live up to, no one's good enough for her. Nobody's good enough for her, especially not Lloyd, this person who just showed up with a kid and now his sister's married. And it's very, he's very much like, I the idea of my sister kissing this man. Yeah, being so with this man. He can't yeah. handle it. It's... Yeah, it's it's a bit strange, and like I've noticed that every every single time they, I think they lean into it a little bit, like they they kind of show the ridiculousness of it, but mm-hmm. there there is this kind of weird. Oh, I want I want, I'm gonna say it's probably a bit of an incestuous angle where 
like he he's very very defensive and like wants he's to be very possessive he's possessive he, but he wants he wants praised yeah. he want he wants her to say i i love you yuri and like there's a, there's a bit like his internal monologues can get a little bit strange um cuz like i've just watched an episode where he comes over to like tutor anya and mm-hmm. there's a whole bit in his kind of like internal monologue where he's like He'll, he's only tutoring Anya because he wants his sister to like praise him for doing it and it's it's just a little bit like uh, yeah don't know. as people in the chat are saying it's it's apparently very typical of anime siscon so it's that kind of that it is an anime trope where you have a uh, very obsessive creepy brother i think yeah no as, um, as someone with a sister and that that gives me the fucking ick <laughs> it gives me an like absolute ick just not book absolutely megan no hate it <laughs> like I, I suppose like that's the thing i mean a lot of anime tropes i mean like i suppose the only other kind of anime that i've watched up until this point is um kind of studio ghibli if you can can you call that anime is that anime does that count i don't know i, I mean it's, it's animation yes yeah, an- yeah um because i was actually i was watching uh, i decided i'm re-watching spirited away uh, I remember watching it once, like a couple of years ago, and it was the first time I'd watched Studio Ghibli stuff, um, and I just like really, really liked it. I, I I remember when everyone was talking about Studio Ghibli, and I think it was when it was put on. Uh, okay, Miyazaki would throw a fit if you called Ghibli movies anime. That's that's fair. Um, okay, in that case, that doesn't count, and I don't watch anime otherwise because it, it's animation, it, but it's yeah. not anime. Yeah, because so. you can't call Avatar, the last Airbender anime. I fell into no. that trap as well. Um, I I don't know many animes to be honest. I mean, like I, I guess Death Note counts as an anime. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's gonna be anime homework, isn't there? Cowboy Bebop is that anime? Does that count? You're asking the wrong person. You should have Mothman on for this because that's. <laughs> not mine <laughs> next uh, week's ice for your choice away suspiciously he got me um into uh, spy family so that we could watch an anime together because it's not my favorite genre yeah. of thing to watch so i would but yeah like i think i think yeah i think you'll like spy family and i'm like yeah okay and i want and immediately obsessed yeah like, right oh, this is actually really good <laughs> yeah and like I, I think this is this is my concern because i feel like i'm being like i've watched spy family and i feel like that's kind of like the the upper tier of what anime has to offer it's all downhill from here <laughs> a little bit a little bit concerned that like there's going to be stuff that's like I've, I've got a mate who's like i think he's subscribed to like i think they call it crunchy roll is that the yeah. anime mm-hmm. watching platform and like it is. yeah uh but that's nah it's not it's just not something that i would regularly watch i have seen a couple of things on netflix but uh yeah like i've i've it was the it was studio ghibli that kind of got me into i love the style and I, to be honest i think that's another thing that you can give spy family a lot of credit for is the actual art direction and the style of the world is very nice um it's quite like i immediately saw that between the kind of relation between something like spy family and like howl's moving castle it's the same yeah, like you know nice mm-hmm. architecture it's very um it's very kind of European inspired. It's very so. This is this is a accessibility thing for me. 
it doesn't give me motion sickness, which a no. lot of other animes do because they're okay. so fast. There's so yeah. much blur motion, and I really struggle with that, which is one of the major reasons I don't watch it. Yeah. Um. So it's it's nice for me because it, it has its fast paced moments, but it's also it's they're not done in a way that leaves the viewer dizzy. Because that's a big issue I have with a lot of them. Um, but, I, I mean, don't watch some of them, and because of my specific yeah. brand of like vertigo and eye problems I have, I get very dizzy watching them. Spy Family is nice. Yeah. I can watch Spy Family in bed, and I'm fine. But, but I think that's because, like I'm holding onto the walls. Yeah, I think that's something. That's something that Spy Family does pretty well. Like I was saying earlier, that like see the moment to moment, like, and th- this is back to the comedic timing stuff. But like from a frame by frame perspective like the facial animations like snapping instead of having mm-hmm. like you know tons of movement uh, is quite good and like some of the like one of my favorite it's, it's, i'm not sure if it's like a trope or anything but see when like anya gets really excited that there's a there's an adoption there's like all the pet adoption which is like this really oh, yeah. cute bit where she's like you you see her and she's basically teleporting and it's like it, she, they, they do it a couple of times i think they do it at the aquarium as well when she's like she's really excited and like her character will just like basically teleport like throughout a scene to like spectate all the things in that scene um I, again i don't know it's, it's the kind of it's the rat it shows the ma- the rapid movement of like a child going helter skelter for something yeah and it but, almost feels like when you blink the child is gone that's yeah. almost what it feels like and but, it works really well for her character yeah it works really well for her character but like even from like an animated perspective it's like you don't actually see her run from point a to point b she like she teleports and it's like that kind of snappy animation where it's like from a frame by frame perspective she's in one location and then she's in another and you don't need to see all the little movements to get her to the the other one it's it is, it is exactly right, Dragon Saint in chat. It beautifully, it beautifully conveys a kettle getting the zoomies. It is. Um, also, I really like the the animals in uh, in Spy Family. Um, like yeah. all of the all well, of they've the... also got a psychic dog. Yes, they have well. that can tell the future or can see the future, and mm-hmm. uh, as a telepath, Anya can read the dog's mind and see what the dog's seeing, uh, which is quite funny. Uh, because she she ends up using it um, to defuse a bomb or to uh, to warn people that there's a bomb because uh, she can like see the she can see what the dog sees which is cool um, but yeah it's 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 wonderful like it's it's generally like it's it's a real shame that it's not available in a lot of the like none of the UK um, like streaming mm-hmm. things have it at all. Um, and to be honest, it was really difficult to find online. Um, I know that you obviously helped uh, with the links there, but like there was a mm-hmm. there was a Netflix link. I'm guessing it's available on Netflix in the US. It's what? not Netflix here; it's Hulu. Oh right, okay. Um, which is unless it's changed, but the, we can watch it on Hulu with it. Which Hulu just got absorbed by Disney Plus, so that'll be gone Yay. soon. But um, we can watch the dubs there. Um, I think yeah. it's the dubs at least. Um, but yeah, it's pretty hard to get the to find it elsewhere, which mm. is a shame because it's great. It's absolutely yeah. fantastic. Like I, I've started reading the the mangas like because I want to know more. Yeah, I'm fully invested. I want to know. I want to be ahead of it. And the second season's coming out this year, and a film. And a I'm film. Oh, about. that'll be cool. Mm-hmm. 
Nah, that's uh, yeah. Um, I, I like I'm, I've not finished the the second part of the season yet, so I'm like I'm on like chapter eighteen or something or mission eighteen because mm-hmm. each each episode's a mission, uh, which is quite funny. Uh, and I like how there's episodes that focus on each of the characters as well. Like you will sometimes you'll have an episode and each episode's like 20, 25 minutes. So it's not like mm-hmm. super long, but sometimes you'll get like a full episode de- like devoted to like Anya like at school, like solving a very school problem. So you've got all the, the kids. The one thing I would say is that like I'd say whoever's dubbing Anya is pretty good, but there's a mm-hmm. lot like there is this kind of I, I I don't know how the like like child like child based like Japanese how it's like a, like originally recorded I imagine comes across as like a little bit different but like see the kind of child pronunciation on some of the dubs I'm like it proper grates with me not Anya's I think Anya's is pretty good but there's like I think it's like is it Damien. Damien's like Damien's Damien's hench hench classmates. His hench and Neil and Ewan are his henchmates. And they they speak with that like kind of nerdy mean guy young school student child accent is the only way I can describe it. It's very mean American bully. Yeah. It's that kind of like way of talking. It's very kind of like nasal, very kind of like hello fellow cool kids type thing yeah um but again they're playing into the trope of that like they're supposed to be these kind of comical not quite villainous characters but they're definitely antagonists in that sense yeah um but i also think he's exaggerated that way to, again to show that anya is much younger than them and she's lying to fit in yeah again, she's four and they're all like six and seven yeah and yeah. she's been expected to be like seen as a peer for them and she's very babyish compared to them, but she sometimes comes away with like, you know, she's seen as very like underachieving. And they're like, well, how did she get in? Well, it's because she's psychic. Yeah. You know, um, and she does actually study. Like when Lloyd helps her to study, she does do okay, but it's, she, you know, she's still a four-year-old. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, a six-year-old is supposed to be doing. And that's quite, a, if, you, if you've not, if you've never been around small kids, that's a big leap. It's a massive leap. It's like something is... I mean, I wouldn't say that fractions are particularly fun in the in the best of times, but like a six year old learning about like what a third is. Like there's a bit where she's she's learning about I think it's like one eighth and she's she can only like refer to it with like one eighth of the bullets that are sp- like she watches a spy program on telly and it's like you know, he's he's spent one eighth of his bullets uh, is how she uh, makes the connection. But yeah, like she's she's super young, and she gets by by reading minds a lot of the time, including when she's studying. Because a lot of the time, she's reading uh, Twilight's mind when he's thinking of the answer, and then giving her that answer. Because there's the bit when uh, yours brother comes in, and she gets she gets a hundred percent right because he's just thinking what the answer is every single time, mm-hmm. uh, and then she has to like <laughs> dial it back. Also, and Mothman's just wrote Lloyd's name. Lloyd being spelt like that got me. I, I I pissed myself laughing when I saw that the first time. I just thought it was like, I, it's so deliberate. I've never seen Lloyd spelt like that. Is it spelt like that normally? I, I, I was. Don't know, actually. 
normally it's double L O Y D, right? Yeah. That's that's the that's how I would spell Lloyd normally. Uh, and I just I love that like this is so obviously a fake name. <laughs> it's just L O I D, uh, which I thought was a fucking hilarious. Um, Apparently, it was a it was a name. Nineteen twenty three. It was just, it was Americans uh, respelling the Welsh. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Um, but again, not that popular. You know, the more common one is Lloyd L L O Y D. The Welsh, the actual proper Welsh. Yeah. Which would the actual Welsh would be L L Y L L L L W Y D would be how they would actually spell it. But when you type in Lloyd. You know, you, you get a couple of results, and then it's just spy family, spy family. <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah, I do like that there's surnames forger as well. That's uh, that's good. Um, like, I, I think you know, it's one of those things. I'm probably going to get to the end of it and then want to restart it again. Um, yeah, because I was I was watching this as homework for this, and then I was like, I really want to watch this with Jessica because I know that she'd be buckled at some of the like some of the dumb shit that comes out of it. Um, I do like I love how each character has like such defined quirks, which I know is maybe quite standard in the anime world. Uh, but like you can really you you like each of them kind of equally. You're not really like rooting for like I don't root for Twilight to succeed in his mission over like you're doing an assassination. Um, yeah. and they, they don't you compete want them all often. to win and you also yeah. want them to all find out about each other so they can actually just quit their jobs and become a family on the run like, oh, that's yeah. where I'm at <laughs> like, I, one of the, like, I like that uh, a lot of the time Anya goes mummy um, and daddy are flirting and both of them get really fucking embarrassed by it because um, like they're learning to to act like a family, so they're like they're mm. helping each other out with the dishes and they're doing all the kind of family stuff to give this appearance of because they're both still trying to hide their uh, the job. <laughs> Dehis in chat. The slow burn of the Your Twilight ship is killing me. <laughs> it is. It is good. I love slow burn. I am the queen yeah. of slow burn. I am here for every inch. It is all my favorite tropes. It was literally when Mothman was like, "You need to watch this anime." I was kind of like, "Yeah." He's like, "It's found family," and I was yeah. like, all right. <laughs> It's fake it's, marriage. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's fake parenting. And I was just like, okay, fine, I'll watch it. Sign Immediately on board with all of it. <laughs> it's, um, I actually saw a post on Tumblr the other day that was like, um, like it was a legitimate question for everyone. Um, would you, like, if you were asked, would you ever be in a fake relationship? And I think it was like 88% more and more like, yeah, fuck yeah, sign me up for that. It's a great laugh. Um but no, it's, it's a really good trope, and it's done well. Um, I liked so one of the one of the best episodes is like the preparation for the exam, like the entrance exam mm-hmm. for the school. So they have to go in as a family, and the school's very very prestigious. And you know, like the it's it's not just about the kid. We want to make sure the family's a right fit as well. Uh, and on the on the way in. Um, nobody who's like if you have any like dirty clothes or whatever you you don't get into the school you don't get to be part of this kind of entrance you're not exam. elegant and, enough and I, I think they have like four outfit changes <laughs> like because they've came so prepared for this exam that like i think one of them steps in a puddle when they're trying to save this like small kid who's trapped in a drain <laughs> and they've got like <laughs> they've got a quick change for that um 
And then there's the wild then, animals that start a rampage, and the school. So like this, the schoolmaster is initially like, "Oh, who caused this catastrophe? I didn't authorize this." To see who kind of panics. Yeah. And then it's like the school's like, "We didn't do that," and it's like, "Oh, this is a legit emergency. Oh shit!" <laughs> and then you have Lloyd and Yor kind of like teaming up to try and end it, and it's Yor <laughs> that uses her special like pinpoint. Like she uses like um. Pressure points. Yes, to, to subdue a bull. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, and but they're they're just trash. That like their clothing's trashed. And then the school guy <laughs> comes back and he's like, "Oh, you have the right to apply, but we'll let you come back when you can get dressed again." And they're just go, "Oh, never mind." And they just change again into their yeah. most formal like top hats. Is is wonderful. Not a vodka shot. I need I to know one of my cats is completely entranced every time he talks. <laughs> it's adorable. Oh, well, I'm glad I'm the cat whisperer. There we go. Um, I'm trying to think, like, see the... Because there's the entrance, like, there's the actual entrance interview as well, where they're in front of all the it's very... such a good scene. The very stuffy uh, people in the in the schools. You've got you've got the, the headmaster who's all about elegance. I, th- I think he's the headmaster or one of the high-ranking teachers. But you've also got, like, um, I suppose the kind of conservative traditionalist uh, who's all about the family and like really fucking intelligent he's fucking mean as shit because he's he basically he's got um there's there's anya who's sitting on a couch and then he's interviewing the parents about their parenting and they're, they're like they've all gone through their questions and then he starts to really interrogate your and he's like do you think anya prefers a uh, prefers you over her dead mum uh, and like obviously Anya starts crying and he's like there's the evidence I need you're 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 not the the mum that Anya mother, wants yeah. and it, like uh, I think uh, Twilight Twilight the thing is Twilight is fully ready to throw him oh yeah he, they made his fake daughter cry yeah he's ready to punch people. and his and his fake wife he's like demonizing his fake wife and he was like he was about to fucking smash him um I think that's another thing that the show does really well is that the they don't lean into the dad constantly saving the day. They, like the dad saves the day a lot and has his own mission, but a lot of the time when Anya is at risk from anyone, it's it's Yor who like kicks the shit out of like everyone who touches <laughs> yes. Anya, and it is fucking hilarious. There's one where, like, so. One episode, Twilight is trying to um, disable uh, like a bomb. There's like a terrorist threat against a, a diplomat, and there's there's a bomb there. And Anya recognizes like Anya wants to adopt a puppy, and ends up like leaning into Twilight's kind of plotline where the bombers want to strap the bombs to dogs and have them detonate so she ends up wanting to adopt one of the dogs and kind of follows it into a warehouse and then gets tangled in with the uh, the actual terrorists, the terrorists that are, that are yeah. planning this and <laughs> and yours like panicking because yours at the adoption uh, like the pet adoption event and is like panicking because she can't find anya anywhere and then comes up with her own kind of plot of like Anya's been kidnapped because she heard somewhere that like people are trafficking children to get married and she she ends up chasing down some of the terrorists and like <laughs> battering them and just, calling them perverts and stuff is is honestly it's fucking hilarious um it's really I saw someone describe Yoren Lloyd as perfect by panic 
Yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. say so. It's uh, oh, the whole thing is fucking wonderful. I just I loved how like you're completely kind of she she missed the woods for the trees a little bit because like she had she had no idea about the terrorist threat at all but she was like so focused on Anya and protecting Anya that she came up with this like fake plotline it's like terror like these guys have kidnapped Anya because they want to like marry her and she ends up like just kicking the shit out of all of them <laughs> and preventing this terrorist attack on the capital it's fucking it's just wonderful it's really but, good like, it's yeah. really good and then they end up adopting the dog that would have had a yeah. bomb strapped to it and it's it's a really interesting dynamic where they're always you know there's no one that's more competent than each other like it's a it's a yeah. big joke that you know you is so strong like she kicks people and they land like oh, half they go, a mile away <laughs> one of my and, one of the favorite ones is when she kicks someone and like it's in an alleyway and she kicks them so hard that they ricochet off the alley walls <laughs> uh, and that's like that's the kind of fun stuff you can do in that kind of anime a kind of style you can like do funny shit like that yeah um which but is good. to me the best part is lloyd is also hyper competent so he doesn't think any of that's weird he's yeah. like oh yeah your says she does self-defense classes that makes sense and it's like, <laughs> yeah they're both so hyper competent but also so dumb it's just like so yeah like he, he, he like there's a scene at one of the first episodes where she's drunk and she almost kicks lloyd into the next universe and yes. he's like, wow, she's really strong. Doesn't even consider that that's weird. That civil <laughs> servant is so strong that she can punch him out, who is a trained spy. Like He's yeah. just like, oh, yeah, it must be her. Like, he's just so hyper-competent. It doesn't like make any difference to him. He's just like, oh, yeah, makes perfect sense. <laughs> it's like, Eddie. Yeah, like, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's almost like... That there's something wrong here. Yeah, like from a plot perspective, he's always finding like excuses for... like it's not so much excuses but he just like mentally explains it away because he's also very much in like you know he's a spy he's a spy by trade and that's him i think another one that gets quite funny is that um as a spy he's also like a face changer so he's like he's constantly wearing disguises but he will he will change his face entirely so he can just like become other characters um and there's there's a bit where he becomes a a he becomes a secret police officer to interrogate anya uh, and Anya doesn't kind of crack under the secret police. Um, it's your, it's not Anya. Sorry, yeah, it's your, sorry. He interrogates your with his friend um, Frankie. <laughs> he's, he's a fucking bomb sure not. Yeah, they're trying to make sure that she's not going to tell on them or give away any information. Mm. And she just fully is just like, nope, I'm married, I'm married. This <laughs> is like, you can, like, this is for my employer. I am a, I am a normal housewife. <laughs> yeah. Um, nah, she's a... Uh, like that, that, I, yeah, that dynamic is just fucking brilliant. It's, it's so much fun. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how the rest of the episodes go because I find uh, there's there's been a few where so Anya so Anya's goal is she's trying to get um, is Stella stars. Stellar stars, Ste- yeah. Yeah, which and is she like... Has to, she has to befriend Damien Desmond, who is the son of the tyrant. Yeah, who... Who is very neglected. So v- very, like yeah. Story. Very neglected, but, like, every time she tries to become friends with him, he either takes it the completely wrong way or, like... Because 
like I think the first day at school she punches him in the face and Anya's like sorry yours taught Anya some self defense and this little four year old absolutely knocks the fuck out of this like six year old boy and it's like first day of school like, he, was, he was being the, the typical kind of rich guy picking on like the new kid and she fucking leathers him and it is the funniest thing because he goes flying and like the, the two wee hinge guys are like stunned uh, it's very funny I the thing is, it's so sweet because when you see her through his eyes, she always has like a chibi filter on. She always <laughs> looks very romantic and sweet, and like she's always like very like yeah. You know, she looks like a gremlin in reality, but through his eyes, all he can see is like, oh, yes. she's really pretty and really cute, and that's why he's always freaking out because it's like I can't. She's a commoner. I can't be in love with her. Yeah. Like this is awful. It's a commoner it's... that beat the shit out of me in the first day of school. This is terrible. Yeah. Um. There's also, yeah. like, I, I love, like, I think there's there's a lot to be said about, like, Anya's, like, animation, like, facial animation, but also, like, when she's, when she's doing the punch, like, she's, like, re- recalling what Yor told her about, like, twisting her hips and, like, really driving the punch in. Because there's the dodgeball episode as well, which is fucking yeah. hilarious, where, like... Anya is trying to do well in like a gym class because they think a Stella Star's like up for grabs, and she is she's reading the minds of the people throwing dodgeballs at her, and is able to basically like plan her moves and how to dodge around it. Uh, and then she tries to <laughs> throw a dodgeball herself, and it's like she's tiny. <laughs> The dodgeball's I mean, bigger the, than she is. The guy she's up against is like six foot because he's got a growth disorder. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's such a, like, so he's absolutely like, shredded. <laughs> yeah. And he's massive. And it's really sweet because Damien actually sacrifices himself yeah. to save her. And then she fucks up. And it's just like, oh, I failed my mission. And it's just like, it's, you know, she's trying constantly. She considers befriending Damien to be her mission. Yeah, because, because she can. It will yeah. bring world peace if they are friends because that's what she believes. Yeah, she um, doesn't, she hasn't, like, it's it's nice that she's able to read Twilight's mind but not, but like still keep her childlike understanding of the world. So, like, he does go, oh, I need to, like, take out this tyrant in order to, like, keep the peace, like, save the world and stuff like that. And she'll just take that as, like, I need to be Damien's friend. <laughs> it's the only way that the world can be saved. Um whole thing's very cute please watch it it's good um, it is it's good i can honestly say if you if you have access to it do watch it because it's yeah. it is a lot of fun yeah um it's yeah. It, very difficult to find online if you're not in the the, in the, the US. places yeah if you're not in the u.s or japan i suppose it's probably quite or easy japan, in japan yeah. um but yeah it's like it's been it's been fun to kind of have on in the background and you know what i've actually missed i've like a lot of the stuff that I've been watching recently has been like proper like 40 minutes, 50 minute long episodes. It's really nice to have a stint of like 20 minute episodes. I don't know why, but like it's just there's something a bit more mentally freeing. Um, it's not as much effort to focus on and you still get a complete story within the 25 minutes. Mm. It's nice to just have that little bit of absorbable entertainment that's not like yeah. full commitment. Because I will say like I don't have the commitment to watch a film, but I will yeah. put on like a 20 minute episode of something because that's what I currently have the attention span for. Yeah. Uh, the fact that I end up watching eight hours of it because <laughs> you get the full story and you do you can stop whenever you want 
Um, yeah. and, and but there it is... sometimes just grab the attention, and that's it. Yeah. I would say one thing that anime always fucking nails is just food animation. I feel like there should be like a study or if anyone has any links to like a video essay that talks about the portrayal of food in like animated shows like I was again I was watching Spirited Away like the food in Spirited Away is just fucking so Anything good there's, yeah so there's just there's something so rain. good about the food Animations of rain. rain yeah sure. definitely um it's it's good stuff it, it like it makes yeah. makes you hungry um, I'm trying to think of like other TV shows that I've, I've I watched I watched The Mandalorian season three. Uh, the other I haven't finished it yet. And, nah, it's, it's, it's fine. It's, I I liked it so far, but again, yeah. I have two episodes left. I think. Right. Okay. But um, I don't yeah, know. It's... Like it, it kind of. For me, it it really just kind of became background noise after a while. Like it's it's all right but i think a lot of it was quite undercut by uh, the boba fett one mm-hmm. that kind of doubled as a kind of half mandalorian season three but not really um i don't really know like i don't know if they're gonna take it even further because it feels like it, it kind of came full circle by the end maybe i don't know um i know i mean it's i think it's um it felt very much like, oh, we used up his important storyline by putting it in Boba Fett. Yeah. What do we do with this one? Y- yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So I am distracted by Holly Mop behind me. She's, <laughs> she's a small. Her best in that sunbeam. <laughs> That's like the piercing ray. I mean, like when it's it's been fucking roasting recently here. It's been absolutely horrible. It's been that kind of like eighteen degrees Celsius, eighty percent humidity like kind of stuff so it's like the you know my my office just fucking yeah. bakes um but the one thing that i would say has been quite nice is that, that like because i've got a window that kind of faces the the morning sunrise there is this beam of light that shines directly onto my other chair over there that has my udi sitting on it and Efa mm-hmm. tends to sit in this like small little like toasted loaf kind of <laughs> thing you know she's yeah it's just it's nice and That's then, Holly Mop. She will go around the house looking for a sunbeam. And, yeah. and then napping in said sunbeam. Yes. But it's 29 degrees Celsius here with 24% humidity. So not quite as bad as the humidity <laughs> in Scotland, but we are pretty toasty. Um, for for me, at least. I'm sure there's some Americans who are like, ah, oh, that's nothing. But... Um, yeah, a dragon... <laughs> dragon... <laughs> dragon saint in chat's like, I, I say this with love. As a fellow Scot, you may not survive the coming summer. <laughs> and yeah, probably. I'll, I will be fucking roasting. Like, I'll, don't know, might need to shave everything. I'll just shave everything. <laughs> Eyebrows <laughs> gone. <laughs> yeah. There's, there was there was one, there was one summer I, I shaved my chest, right? And Jessica just refused to fucking speak to me or be near me. <laughs> She said, she, she, she said, I looked like a mole rat. I was like, fair. Um, she, she was like, you look like a baby mole rat. Uh, <laughs> and that's how we're going to be ending the stream. <laughs> uh, with that image in mind, enjoy. Um, cool. I think that's probably us. Uh, yeah. That was going from the the glory of book talk to the the wonders of spy family um that was that was good fun 
Uh, we'll have to we'll have to think about what we what we're going to do for next time. We'll need we'll need yeah. another. Maybe I, I can take on the pain next time, and you can do the fun thing. Uh, That's, I'm more, I'm, <laughs> more, like, I well, literally have so many notes I took for this goddamn TikTok drama. <laughs> I. I don't see, do research for these things. Yeah, I, I, I would have, I would have taken notes for Spy Family. I was just having too much fun. So, <laughs> um, but okay, I suppose, folks, if you are familiar with what's happening, in, we will be wrapping up the podcast aspect of this. Um, so, if you're listening on your kind of podcast platform of your choice, uh, thanks very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed that. Um, if you're in Twitch chat, do hang around. We'll be hanging around for a wee bit. Uh, just to talk shit um, and chat with all of you. Uh, but yeah, thanks very much for listening. See you in a bit. Thank you. Bye-bye.